Welcome to Beyond the Routine with Bettina and Nick Shimanek. The podcast where we step away from the workouts and get real about life. We're a husband and wife duo, performance trainers, parents, and health and wellness experts. When we're not training professional athletes or traveling the world filming or leading workouts, we're sharing about life beyond the routine and how we find balance in all the unexpected and the chaos that our careers bring. Whether you're here to see what's going on in our crazy lives or how we manage our work-life balance, or you're interested in improving your overall health, we're here to take you beyond beyond the the routine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is episode four. And today we are talking about our training journeys and how that's evolved over our lives and how we train others and even just over our journey, how our own training has evolved and yep. you know how we train others yeah. has evolved. Um, but some updates. Uh, well, first off, I did want to update that I did not buy the really crazy expensive teapot that we talked about in episode two. <laughs> what's what's on the stovetop in there? That's that's a different one. Oh, it's a different. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I bought a new teapot. Okay, it just wasn't the. It's not the crazy one that you know has the different settings, but it looks beautiful uh, on I our see. stovetop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Clearly, Nick has no idea what teapots what. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I had to give you all the update and it's wonderful. It does whistle. And uh, this morning when it whistled, Aluna was like, what was that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to use it just because I don't. Yeah, you don't, don't really, really make tea. Well, when you or, make when you make um, the mushroom drinks. Rarely, though. I know. I usually, you know, I'm a coffee guy. Coffee guy. After 90 minutes of being awake, I'm a coffee guy. Yeah. <laughs> unless it's, unless you really need it. Then unless I need 60. it. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like this two week stretch that I have coming up or that we have oh my coming gosh. up yeah. will be, yeah, I'll yeah. be not, not abiding to the 90 minute rule yeah, that's for right. the but listeners. We'll make, we're prioritizing our sleep and our, we have lots of travel coming up. Yeah. A ton um, of to travel. To say the least. Um, Starting tomorrow. Yeah. I was actually in LA over the weekend for a day. I was there. I left Friday afternoon, yep. worked a 12 hour day Saturday. Well, well, before that, remember we recorded yeah, were- the last podcast in Boston. Yes. So I was in Boston for four yep. days and, and I got back. home at like 11 PM on yes, Thursday flight night. was delayed two hours. So I got back at 11 on Thursday I know, I night got to give and you then a you hug. left <laughs> first <laughs> thing Friday morning. I know it was pretty crazy. And we had the daddy daughter weekend. Yep. Daddy daughter weekend. Yeah. It was super fun. Nick just is play, exhausted. play, play. Yep. <laughs> And then now um, we're home for, we, this is Tuesday, we're recording this, yeah. and we both leave, I go to Phoenix with Aluna tomorrow at like noon, Yeah, and you go to Los Angeles. Yeah, just for a day. Yeah, just for the day. Yeah. And then I'll be in, we'll be in Phoenix, um, you get there Thursday night, mm-hmm. but yeah, Aluna and I will just be solo for Wednesday, Thursday, and then yeah. staying for the game. It's going to be the first time that Nick is going to travel with Aluna on the Solo. airplane by himself. Yeah. I'm a pro at this point. Okay. <laughs> I would. I'm a pro at this point as she texts me on the plane every single time that she's by herself like, God, Aluna won't stop. <laughs> Aluna won't do anything. Whatever. I don't crying. even think I can text you when I'm with Aluna on the plane because she's Whatever. so... Whatever. Yeah, it's... <laughs> You'll find a way to express That's yourself. True. That's true. I pay. I'll, I'll pay uh, the twenty five dollars for Wi Fi just to tell Nick how exhausted. Yeah, how exhausted you are. I'm tired. It's exhausting. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, which I get, especially because get. now she's so much more active. So active. Yeah. Yeah. It's been so. I'm gonna just. I mean, you know, I, even whenever we're here, like she definitely pulls her own weight. She like picks up after <laughs> herself. I tell her to throw her food away. You know what I mean? So, um, like I, I kind of just let her do her thing and, yeah. and she, she rolls with it. Yeah. So tomorrow at the airport, I'm just gonna bring lots of snacks. As soon as we get through security, I'm like, yo, you got two legs. <coughs> you can walk, you can hold my hand, <laughs> but hopefully by the time she walks all the way to our gate, um, Maybe she'll be exhausted and just crash out on that. That's, yeah, I was telling Nick about that uh, meme that I've seen, not. I don't even know if it's a meme. It was just an Instagram reel or a TikTok or something where the dad has the two-year-old walking backwards on the belt. Yeah, like 
yeah, just to tire just to them, them tired. Yeah. yeah. I was like, so, I think Aluna might be a little scared of that one right yeah. now. She might be, but I think she can. I mean, it's good for her to walk anyway. Yeah. So if I just, and she loves holding her hands yes, at the and moment walking. and and just walking and doing her own thing. So yeah, I'm just gonna put the bags down as soon as we get through security. Hey, do you want to hold my hand? And then we'll just we'll rock out all the way to the gate. Uh, get her a yogurt on the way. Yep, yogurt, some a fruit. Bleh, bleh. A bleh, bleh. Bleh. Yeah. Yogurt is bleh, bleh. in a Luna language is bleh, bleh. Bleh, bleh. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of fruit, another meme that I've seen is that you don't know the expenses or people don't tell you the expenses a, that a child brings. Um, and they're not talking about like doctor's school, bills or anything. Yeah, yeah. Daycare. They're talking about the fruit, yeah. the amount of fruit. And I last week, whenever we had this crazy ice storm. Yeah, no, I, we're stuck for three we or four stuck. days. I was trying to order fruit from, you know, Instacart because I didn't want to drive with the ice with Aluna, but all the grocery stores were closed and I had forgot that I, that I ordered two orders. Yeah. So when I was gone in LA, Nick was like doing stuff. Um, he wasn't at the house and I was like, Oh, an Insta Instacart order is going to be there in an hour. Yep. And then I realized that two I <laughs> two of them, like maybe like six hours later, another yeah, order. And you were like, why do we have 15 mangoes? <laughs> yeah, we literally had 15 mangoes. <laughs> and like four things of blueberries. Yep. I was just but trying we're to prepare. Using, yeah, we're, we're oh, using Oh, yeah. We're, yeah. Well, and it's blueberry funny because... pancakes. Yeah. Blueberry pancakes. The mangoes, I mean, are all, I think just, our favorite. Yeah. It's a fan And we all three all have, I mean, Aluna's favorite thing is a mango. A mango. Like, I think by far. I and she mangoes. just, she eats it the exact same way we eat it. <laughs> Like we cut it up for her and then she just holds it and just it chows down. Smashes it. I know. Like faster than I am. Am I right? Yeah. It's her favorite. Yeah. And she doesn't even know how to say mango, but she also loves clementines. True. True. Yeah. But yes. Any fruit really for the most part. But yeah. People are always asking like, how much do you actually spend on fruit? I'm like, a lot. And we try to get organic fruit and we still have yet to find a farmer's market out here. Yeah. I would feel a little bit better spending yeah. a little more on a local farmer's market, but yeah. So aside from the fruit tangent, as soon as we get back from Phoenix, yep. y'all get back, y'all are flying back Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Gonna get here and watch the game here. I'm gonna stay and watch. Watch you mean the, the game Rihanna game. concert. Yeah, the yeah. Rihanna concert, not the game. <laughs> y'all are gonna stay and watch the Rihanna concert here in Dallas. Um, I'm gonna go to the game and then I will fly back Monday. Yep. And then I get home at like midnight on Monday. Mm -hmm. And then we all three fly to Boston together <laughs> on Tuesday morning. <laughs> 7 a.m. or something? Yeah, I think the flight's at 7. Yeah. Yeah. Or 7.30 maybe. So, so we're going to have to be there at 5.30 or 6. laundry Monday night. Basically. <laughs> and he doesn't dry any of his laundry. Don't dry anything. So, and it's one of the things and that she I she dries hate. everything. I, I dry everything. I used to, you know, hang my, my workout pants and whatever. But, you know, there's too many things. And now... And, and yeah... Another thing, that's why you buy clothes every three months is because no. you dry everything. <laughs> I literally have been wearing the same shit that's for, true. I've been wearing the same clothes, the same shirts for three years. And I, I it's just one more thing new. I have to do. And then usually when I do laundry, it's like, because I need that pant or that yeah, shirt, yeah. but then like, or it just looks cool. I got to wait 24 hours for a, a shirt to dry. So I feel like, was it last podcast that I was getting on you about your justification and how you yeah, like well, to... <laughs> hey, again. <laughs> the listeners know. Little, okay. little Bettina this is what I go through. wanted to be a lawyer one day. So this is my, yeah. this is the way I Everything can get my is justified. Of, of justifying and arguing. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess let's just get started. Um, we're just going to talk a little bit about our journeys of training. I, I It's very interesting and I love it because Nick and I have such complete different upbringings around sport and training. And, you know, it's been a big part of his life, his, his whole life. Whereas me, I had more of an artsy uh, set of parents and, you know, not that my mom didn't work out or do anything like that, but it just wasn't a priority. And it wasn't like something that I was super into growing up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll kind of let Nick talk a, a little bit about his journey from like really young and coming up and then, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, I think, um, for starters, like I went to a really small school. I grew up in a really, really small town. I graduated with like 50 kids, I think, or maybe 60 kids. Um, so it was one of those situations where my parents, uh, my dad, my dad is very athletic, but he wasn't necessarily like big into organized sports. He didn't play for the high school or anything. 
but my mom went to college to play um sports oh, so like right. they were both right yeah and they were both um Nick's mom's tall yeah <laughs> yeah she's like almost six foot yeah um but they were both like athletic but um I feel like for me growing up in a small town they just wanted me to do everything because there wasn't like if I didn't play we might not have a team because we don't have enough people you know what I mean yeah. so it was always like I mean the teams need you the teams need all your friends too so like you need to play basketball so y'all have a team you need to play football <laughs> so you have a team you need to play baseball so you, just because um yeah we we didn't have a lot of people so i just grew up playing everything and doing everything mm-hmm. um so i feel like at this point in my life just being incredibly active it was never necessarily working out specifically yeah. whenever i was growing up it was just like Hey, what are my older brother and his friends out in the, who's four years older than me? What are my older brother and and his friends doing? I'm just going to go jump in with them. Are they riding bikes? Are they? And you lived in the same town your whole life. My whole life. I grew up there. So same friends, like just grew up always outside. And I tell you that I'm even, even today, I'm like, it's 40 degrees. (laughs) And he's like, it feels so good. I was like, ah, it's cold. Y'all are inside and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm, I am cold outside, but I just like being outside. And I feel like that's probably from yeah, like my childhood and just never, ne- I wasn't a video game kid. And in the small kid. town, you had plenty of space to be outside. Yeah. And it was really safe. Exactly. It was really safe. Yeah. But also I just never, I mean, I played video games, I guess, but I never yeah. like stayed inside. If there was yeah. an opportunity to go outside versus play the video games, yeah. I was never going to play the video game and, ever. And I, I feel like I was complete opposite of that. You know, my mom was a single mom. So we, you know, we moved from apartment to bar- apartment and we didn't own our own house. So I was going from one town to another town and I never really had one place that we stayed. You yeah. know, I played with my cousins in their pool. Um, my cousin, uh, my mom's oldest brother, is a heart surgeon and so you know they had a good amount of money so they had a nice pool you know and like that big was the, yeah this big backyard and that's where i would go play but you know i never really like played sports with them because i don't even think any of them really played sports any of my cousins like yeah. my cousin meredith did ballet and my other cousins played music like i yeah. like to play mm-hmm. you know um so i just remember going from you know i went to i grew up at a catholic school and we did have sports and I played volleyball. Like when I say volleyball, I'm like, oh, I played volleyball, but it was like fourth grade. But I will say I was really good. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> I had the best serve. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but, you know, it, it's just interesting because I remember like it was also hard for my mom because being single, like you, there's no such thing as child support um, growing up in the Philippines. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we moved to the U.S., there's definitely no child support. So my mm-hmm. mom was paying for everything, yeah. like just trying to get me through school and, you know, school sports are expensive. Yeah. You know, like even and now, just not even the, not even the amount that it costs, but the time that you have to time, commit to it. Exactly. Like yeah. driving us around and going to practice, going to this. I mean, around. even going to having a Luna go to swim class now, I'm like, yeah. it's $25 a class. And then she's going to this other thing and it's a 20, you know, and I can only imagine how that adds up for a single mom. Yeah. Um, but you know, and I love hearing that you were able to, you know, relate to all your friends and like all the people that you grew up with. Like, I think that's the biggest thing is like, that's a big socialization thing for children. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I mean, I lived on like a a little street that had, I don't know, there was probably 10 houses on it, maybe Mm -hmm. Um, in this little cul-de-sac, this little neighborhood. But obviously it was me and my brother in the one house, the house next to us had two boys around our age, um, a little older than us, but around our age. My uh, cousin, my aunt and uncle lived there. Mike and Debbie lived across the street. Oh, yeah. So Jennifer and Keith and like my cousins and stuff were also much older than me. Um, and then at the end of the block, there was uh, another group of kids that were the exact same ages. One of us, one of them was in my class, I believe. <laughs> and then the other was in my brother's class. So there was like 12 kids probably on this one block. But oh, I was, that's so nice. I, aside from the other kid that was in my class or maybe a year older than me. Um, I was the youngest one by far, mm. you know what I mean? So I'm like You're seven, old, yeah. eight years old and I'm playing like tackle football with like the 12 <laughs> and 15 year olds. Were they ever like, picking on you or like, because you were the youngest one or were they like, yeah, more gentle I'm sure, oh, I'm okay. sure. But, but you never have like memories of them, like, 
deliberately like oh yeah i have one i have one memory um <laughs> and i feel like my brother can attest to this we'll have to get him on and 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 talk about this one but um i was in the yard i was in the side yard playing basketball with my brother and all of his friends and like i said he's he's three and a half four years older than me so all of them are as well and i just remember like i and i still am hyper competitive and i got beat duh <laughs> And whenever I tell you that I took, you know, remember like the razor scooters, oh, like yeah. the metal ones that the it just swivels around yeah. the. I hit this poor kid in his fucking shin so hard <laughs> with the back. Oh, because no. I was so, mad, so mad and I was young and I just grabbed the scooter and I just huh, just flung it. Oh, my God. Smash this kid right in the shin. Dropped like somebody <laughs> sniped him from the sky. Just dropped to the ground screaming, ah, yeah, I remember that. But going you back to that sent- kid, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I had to, I had to send a message, you know what I mean? I had to, I was four or five years younger than him, yeah, that's fair. I got beat, yeah, you, yeah. I was like, yo, don't fucking beat me. Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I already hear Nick telling Aluna, like, hey, you know, you got to be kind to all the kids, but if they're picking on you. Yeah. You got to stick up for yourself. Like, oh no, boy. this is what I tell her. What's okay. most important? Number one, have fun. Number two, win. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, yeah, just find a way to win. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's it's more fun whenever you win. I really, in my head, I flip that. Number one, win. Number two, you'll have fun <laughs> because you won. <sighs> yeah. So, I mean, that's just, hey, it is what it is. Yeah. So it funny. is what it is. Do you feel like your parents were like, you know, I mean, I, I know they didn't play professionally or, you yeah. know, I mean, your mom paid in college, which I think is yeah. a big deal. But do you feel like, I mean, they were the ones that really influenced you or was it because you wanted to do it? Yeah. Um, no, I think they definitely influenced me. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, again, just being around it, I think I naturally just gravitated towards it. Um, but they supported like, everything like if i wanted to play i remember in i think sixth or seventh grade i started playing on a travel basketball team which was like an hour hour and a half away because we didn't have it in my small town um and my dad would drive me once or twice a week like to and from practice like after he would get off of work at 5 p.m drive me an hour and a half to go practice basketball for an hour and then drive me back you know what i mean so and it was the same with my brother in baseball um so i think not necessarily did they force us to do it by any means, but if we were like, hey, I like this, I yeah. I want to make a run at this or I want to try to like actually do this at a high level, they would definitely exhaust all resources trying to make sure that yeah. that we could pursue that, yeah. you know? Um, and then like, I mean, I grew up playing basketball with my dad and his friends whenever I got into high school. Yeah. I've told you these stories, yeah. like that's... That's probably where my mouth comes from whenever I compete is I just start talking crazy to guys. Um, so that's that's probably from growing up, just being 13, 14, 15 years old, playing with 40 year old guys. Yeah. And then hearing what they're saying, like, um, so I feel like there's so many things that contributed to to kind of like where I got to as far as the NFL goes, but not even beyond that, just like still exploring yeah um still rather exploring movement today Mm -hmm. you know and i feel like i'm always in the gym like doing something with my body and then i'll feel something like oh shit that felt that's kind of a fluid movement right there what was that and then i'll kind of like layer something on top of that you know what i mean and and i'm always just trying to figure out the most optimal way to to go about it and i feel like it's because i was all like going back to what i started this with was I never stayed inside and played video games. Yeah. I was always running around playing tag, climbing trees, like just figuring <laughs> shit out. So I feel like that's that's what I do today too. Yeah. And it's fun. And that's what we have a Luna do. It's what we have a Luna do. And yeah. people are always like, Wow, you just let her climb all over stuff. Like, climbing on the ladder. Know. Like yeah. turn around and she's like almost in the attic by herself. And I'm like, Oh Ooh. shit. She's like eight feet off the ground right now. <laughs> Yeah, he, he, I'm all about letting her explore, but maybe somebody should be behind her <laughs> just in case. Yeah. And you know, I, I think there are parts of me at times where I'm like, man, I wish that I that I did that or I did this when I was younger. But I think it's also really reassuring for anyone that never was an athlete growing up. Like, you know, me just doing what I'm doing now at uh, 
36 years old, yeah. you know, have being in shape for a living, working out for a living, teaching yeah. other people to be in shape because, you know, and then essentially living the opposite of that lifestyle exactly. in your early twenties, being it, in, a band, in a band. Yeah. You're like, you're well, not working out. You're like drinking your party and you're eating shitty food. Like <laughs> exactly. and then for you to do like a complete 180. Yeah. 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 And I think it's just, you know, it's, you know, you say that you go around and you, you know, you, you play around in the gym and you figure out what feels good. And like, for me, it's like, was a whole new journey in my early twenties. Cause I mean, growing up, like, you know, I played volleyball. I remember when first time I went to public school at seventh grade, I like still wanted to do, be in drama class and I wanted to do the plays. And, you know, I did, I kind of danced, Yeah. you know, I, I, I tried out for palms that that's dance team and I made it, but it was like that really, I think there are a few things there. I think I really try. I tried so hard, like no matter what, you know, even if I wasn't somebody that played sport, like my mom always like told me to work hard and yeah. to, you yeah. know, always work harder, especially being an immigrant. Yeah. I think that was like the whole thing with her was like survival mode. Like we have to just work harder than anybody else. And, you know, I never did dance before. I think there was like a picture of me when I was four or five in a dance class, but you know, that's different. Yeah. And when I tried out for dance the first time, I remember like I was asking the girls in my class, teach me how to do a body roll. I'm like, I don't even know how to do a body roll. And you know, I think that it's just interesting to not have that background and then just all of a sudden like be on the dance team and then being a, being a freshman made the varsity team of dance, you know, and we were, you know, it wasn't a small high school that I went to either. So I think that was really reassuring to know that like I worked really hard, but to a, a little tangent from that, um, it's funny because I did make the good team when I was a freshman, but I got really cocky. And I think that's a good lesson because my sophomore year, I was like, oh, I'm, I've got this. Like, this is so easy. Like I made it my seventh yeah. grade, eighth grade, yeah. you know, like, at freshman year, like this is like nothing for me. And I remember I barely practiced yeah. my, my sophomore year. Oh, yeah. I got so complacent. And I remember the audition I started dancing like the first two eight counts and then all of a sudden I just forgot. Forgot everything. Forgot everything. Yeah, you've and told I, me this before. Yeah, and I yeah. froze. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. That's, I wish I could. Like, and it sucked. I'd pay, any, <laughs> I'd, I'd pay anything to see a young Latina. Oh my gosh, I freeze. froze. But, <clears throat> so obviously I didn't make the team. They didn't just give me a handout because I was made yeah. varsity freshman year or whatever. Yeah. But the next year, I remember I worked so hard I forgot the first two. I forgot the third eight count again, but this time I just like kept going. I just kept going. I don't even know what I was doing. I had no idea what was happening. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But I made the team. Nice. So I just thought that was an interesting story, and I love to share it just because you know I like I went through that roller coaster. Yeah. You know, and I know we always talk about you know the highs and Mm -hmm. the highs and the low. You know, don't not being too low in the lows. I felt like I had that. I was like, oh, I made the team and I'm. I'm the best now, so I don't have to work very hard. Yeah. You know, but then like I learned a lesson very quickly. Yeah, for sure. But I think, you know, not having that the whole time growing up, I feel like that's what kind of that was my humbling moment, my sophomore year. Yeah. Whereas I feel like there's probably you have so many of those in sport so yep. many times, and I feel like that translates into so many things. Yeah. Because I feel like you know by the time you get to high school and yeah. you're playing football at the level even that you were at, I feel yeah. like there's so many lessons you probably already learned before eighth grade, yeah, right? for sure, for sure. Um, but I feel like I have a similar story. I don't even know if I've told you this. A similar story my freshman and sophomore year of high school as well um, in football. The head coach, so I wasn't supposed to be the starter um, on varsity. There was another kid, but like the week before school started and we had our first game, he transferred to the bigger school in my area. Yeah. So then I was supposed to like have a year on junior varsity to kind of like mm. get my bearings about me and like understand everything. But whenever he left, I just got thrust into the, to the starting role. Mm. And I'd like, didn't know a lot. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm playing with 18 year old kids and I'm 14 at the time. <laughs> um, and the head coach, like, like, I don't want to say he took it out on me, but he was very, very hard on me. Mm-hmm. And I, because we weren't having the same success, because this, this other kid was a good, good player. Um, and we weren't having the success. So I think the coach kind of 
a little bit took it out on me, but I was also 14 years old. So yeah. I thought like, oh, he fucking just like hates me. He wants me. Of you course. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then I remember like close to the end of the season, I literally took my parents in there. Like we had just two or three games left. I took my parents into his office because he got on my ass after one of the <laughs> games because I've and I was tra- like I wasn't good because mm-hmm. I was 14. But I, I mean, I was just trying to learn the shit and figure yeah. shit out. But I by no means am I saying that I was good. But he let me have it one day after the after a game on a Friday night. And I went to my parents and I'm like so mad that I'm in tears, you Aww. know, and I was like, yo, I'm, I'm done with this <laughs> shit. Literally, I'm crying. I'm like, I'm done playing mm-hmm. ball. I'll play other sports with other coaches. I'm not fucking playing for this guy anymore. And my parents were like, I honestly don't care how bad it is. You're going to finish the season because the guys in the locker room like tr- like, are in the same shit as you. And you're just going to finish the season Dang. alongside them. So I was like, all right, let me just let me just try to figure this out, I guess. And I then I feel that. like I had like a like a, almost like a come to Jesus meeting the rest of the yeah. season. Um, cause me and him, me and the head coach, uh, we definitely, we still butted heads and it wasn't perfect by any means, but I started to understand that he was, he was so hard on me and, and, and holding me to a different standard because he knew what I could be mm-hmm. if I stuck to it. Mm-hmm. And he knew that I was different from everybody else that I was playing with. Um, so I felt like, once I kind of understood that, like over, like after that freshman year, I was like, okay, he's, he's going to be hard as fuck on me in front of everybody else. Mm-hmm. So he can like said, like use me as the example. Yeah. Um, so I just got to just be like mentally ready See, to go. So you know great. what I mean? And I got to be tough as fuck. I'm like, yo, he's using me. I don't care what he says. I'm just going to say yes, sir. And I'm going to try to implement or accomplish whatever he just told me to do so the other guys can like understand that they can be coached the same way and it's not like if i say one thing to you mm-hmm. it's like you just melt and crumble and shut yeah. down you know what i mean we yeah. got to have a little thicker skin um so then the next year i got a little bit better my sophomore year and then by my junior year me and the coach were like fucking inseparable mm-hmm. like I knew exactly what he wanted from me in the locker room, talking to the other guys. He knew exactly what, how to communicate to me. You know what I mean? And we had like a really tough first year or two, but then, yeah, like I said, after that, it started to get to to a point where we were like, we were just reading each other's minds and it was, it was a great like harmony that we had. So imagine if your parents were like, okay, okay, honey, let's quit. Like you I wouldn't fucking, I definitely, I wouldn't it's, have played ball. So your parents had so <laughs> so much, it's, it's so, probably wouldn't have made it to the NBA <laughs> being 6'3 and not having very much bounce. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's incredible to hear because yeah. I feel like that was such a, a good perspective shift because a lot of people play the victim yeah. and, and you, I was playing the victim. You were, I was you were, but you had that kinda, outside source to help you for sure. To reframe for my it. parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and not that my parents were just like, no, you're fucking, no, they, they were, they were sympathetic. Yes. They were like, we understand what you're going through. We're going to talk to, I think they ended up talking to like maybe the superintendent or the principal or somebody sure. like, Hey, can we, we're going to make him stick it out. But like, can we at least yeah. try to talk to the coach as well to tone yeah. it down a little bit? Um, but yeah, I feel like if they would have just let me that night that I was just hysterical, like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with this shit. Yeah. If they would have just let me quit, I would have obviously not went to college and played ball and yeah. obviously not went to the yeah. NFL and obviously not met you because I wouldn't have been in Los Angeles. <laughs> so like, yeah, that one night my parents were just like, yo. You're going you're, to meet this Filipino gonna, woman one day. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. And have the best child. <laughs> Number two on the way. You're going to have the best life. Yeah. You're going to no, do what you so love. Incredible. And now I work with all guys in the NFL. Like everything yeah. about, like everything in my life right now is kind of based yeah, around, around sports and around yeah. around football specifically in the NFL. So yeah. um, from See, the guys I work with to how I met you to yeah. to everything. So See, that's so incredible. I mean, I, I just, I wonder had my mom been in that situation and it's not anything on her, but like being again, a single mom, like she, she, she didn't have a lot of just wanted you to feel comfortable. So you might say, yeah, of course. Yes, exactly. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like 
I, I mean, and it, and it wasn't anything on her. It was just more of like, okay, like this is what I need to make my daughter feel good. Like, yeah. you know, I know she was already very insecure about me being the only Filipino and Brown and like, yeah. you know, it's so she just yeah. didn't want me to have to be subjected to more quote unquote pain or, you know, yeah. hardship. So it's just interesting to like, th- there's so many things that have evolved from that situation alone. Yeah. No, for sure. Oh, for sure. That's a, that's a really good story. Yeah. I don't, I've never even no, told I've you No, I've never that. heard that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's Patrick Harville. Shout out to Patrick Harville, my <laughs> high school head head football coach. I love you, man. Oh, but I you didn't know. love you my freshman year of high school, I promise. Yeah. But now it's now it's all love for sure. I wouldn't be here without you. So <laughs> Yeah, it's it's wild though. I mean, you know, all of those situations, like again, I never like I think after not being in dance, I think I did it again my junior year and then I stopped. I started getting really serious about music and yeah. you know i basically only dabbled in sports and like i feel like i you know i was pretty aware of my body yeah but i never like worked out yeah like, working out was just like not a thing yeah but to bring that back up working out like did you work out like lift weights and do all that stuff prior to college prior to college yeah um we had what was called the breakfast club mm. um Great at my movie. high school. Yeah. <laughs> at my high school. Um, I think I started it my sophomore year. You started it. Yeah. Cause I was, I mean, who the fuck else was going to get up there at six <laughs> Wait, o'clock in the morning? Can you tell everyone how many people are in your high school? Is, there was like 50 to 60 kids in my class. In so like class. a couple hundred. In in the, Not just one classroom, like his whole class, like yeah, whole all class. of the sophomores, 50 yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whereas and, and I think there's all, one nine class. through 12, I think had like what 200 yeah, to 200 200, yeah. 250 or something <laughs> so funny um so you started the breakfast club so the breakfast club was literally just 6 a.m weights before nice. class started at eight and did um, you did y'all have somebody that guided you through them or you guys were like all right let's just bro down and do some chest um press it and- wasn't it wasn't a you guys thing it was it yeah. was solo <laughs> <laughs> The Breakfast Club was had one member. Nah, I'm lying. Uh, my my junior and senior year, we had two members because I picked a kid up on the way to school with me every every morning at five thirty. Swear you can ask Wait, my dad. Sophomore year, you were already driving. Oh, I guess your, your um, birthday's in August. Yeah, yeah. yeah your birthday's, birthday's in August. August, so I started driving sophomore yeah. year. So I he was the cool kid. Yeah, so I went. <laughs> I started going my sophomore year, and then I think kind of the back half of my sophomore year, and then junior and senior year, um, I'd pick up the homie who lived. On the way to school. So he lived. Breakfast lived. club, party of two. Breakfast club, party of one. Yep. For the first year <laughs> or so. And then party of two. Well, how did you know how to lift? And you just kind of. Um, yeah, just it probably wasn't. It like, probably wasn't good stuff that I was doing. I feel like back in the day, it was like all about grabbing magazines and like reading what they were. <clears throat> yeah. Or just know? or just the coach would <clears throat> write something on the board like. Like, you know, four sets of three on a power yeah. clean. And then. Yeah four sets of eight on a back squat or whatever. He would just write, write stuff, very generic stuff yeah. down. It probably wasn't the best by any means. Yeah. Like I wasn't just out here. Well, we were just talking about this yesterday at dinner. Like it's so sad. Like, yeah, there's PE classes in gen or in school, yeah. there's sports, but no one actually teaches you the general. This is how you can live a really long life. Yeah. Eat healthy. This is how. Yeah. There's math and there's science and there's history, history and there's literally English everything. Writing. But I feel like yeah. some of the main subject, and this can be a different topic, <laughs> but um, like nutrition and healthy, health. like sleep habits and yeah. just basic, like um, longevity. Yeah. Tips. Long. Yeah. <laughs> Should be a just class movement, just called longevity. Just <laughs> activity. Like I was telling you, like I, even whenever I was in college and I had all the resources mm-hmm. at a, like a major division one school, mm-hmm. um, as like, obviously I started to learn more towards the end of my college career. But whenever I first got to college at 18, 19 years old, I didn't, I didn't know anything about nutrition. Yeah. I'm just like, I know I need to gain weight. So I'm yeah. just going to start eating shit, chips, fucking oh, yeah. yeah. Oreos. Like I just need to gain weight. I don't care what it is. And then now I'm like, Okay, maybe we can be a little more calculated. <laughs> maybe. I was telling you that we know when we have charcuterie boards, which yeah. I know I, I shouldn't have any charcuterie while I'm pregnant. I don't. Deli I, meat. Yeah. yeah, deli meat. But um, I think when I was still playing in the band and like I was started to work out, I still didn't know anything about nutrition. And like 
my protein resource was straight up this pack, charcuterie pack from from Trader Joe's. I remember it was like the one with prosciutto, salami, and yeah. whatever else. And that was what I would eat post-workout. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying it's something you should never have, but it was like, that was what I was having. Yeah. Like, I didn't know the difference between different yeah. kind of lean proteins and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I just think that that's interesting that even... You know, like I was in the band starting to work out. Like I didn't really have any People resources. Just don't know. You just don't know. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, um, the more there should be some type of class in, in yeah, school. high school. Like just, even if it's like just a, like you said, part of your PE or class, what, or yeah. your, your gym class or whatever it's called where yeah. you're at. If it was like for 10 minutes, three times a week. Yeah, just like just run through like (laughs) what a protein is and what a carb is and what and I remember you could take nutrition as a an elective. I I feel like it should be. Yeah, I know it should be mandatory for all. Yeah, it should be a requirement. I agree. As to learning about taxes and insurance and like (laughs) shit that I still have no idea about. I'm like, yo, what do you need from me? I told him that uh, the class that I took that would teach you about taxes was taught by the football coach. And I remember just being like, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. He did great. Yeah. I learned a little bit about taxes. Yeah. Nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, let's jump to, you know, where your journey shifted from, you know, playing professionally to training. You know, I think that, you know, for my journey was playing in a band for a living Mm -hmm. full time and then thinking I was in shape because I used to dance. And then, you know, I danced around with a bass guitar, which isn't light, a bass guitar for two plus hours. And like, that's a lot of cardio, but it's cardio. And the first time I ever went to a workout class with my best friend Corey at the time. She kept going to this like boot camp style class. I was like completely depleted, like after having these little five pound weights. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking she was crazy having 10 pound weights. Yeah. And I was like, oh, she's. Yeah. And I was, I, yeah, that was, I remember it was like the worst 45 minutes of my life. I might have thrown up maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but you know, that was like a, euphoric feeling for me day after day going to the class. And then that's when I shifted to working out and making that a priority in my life. And that's when I started to start to eat the charcuterie, but then really made a big shift in everything else. Like I felt like I started working out little by little. little Yeah. You can't just make these these drastic changes and change all like starting Monday, I'm going to work out for an hour every day. Yep. I'm going to get eight hours of sleep. Yep. I'm going to do this with my food. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah, you have like to you can't, little by little. Stack. Yep. And you know what? It, I think it was maybe two or three weeks that I went to the gym, which she would go to the class. Yeah. So I already had that barrier of entry, like, okay, the gym yeah. is scary. But then I went to the gym. I probably just sat on the Stairmaster for an hour and yeah. then did like side bends or something. Yeah. And I still was scared to go to the class. But then once I was able to go to the gym, got you familiar. You realize that yeah, it's not that bad. it's not that bad. I knew where the locker room was. Yeah. I knew like what times were busy, mm-hmm. you know? So I had that barrier, like that barrier of entry wasn't as challenging. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and then I started to eat healthier and all that stuff. Um, yeah. But when was the shift for you? I mean, obviously there, you know, at some point you made it to the NFL and I know yeah. that it wasn't like, you know, you started to feel like it was not too was much just, pressure, just different. Yeah, it was just different. Um, I I started to get in not a very good place mentally mm-hmm. um, whenever I was still playing ball, or I guess I wasn't on a team at the time. I'd recently been, been cut um, and I was kind of just going through the free agency thing. Um, but while I was waiting for a team to call and I was still going and working out for teams, like there was still a ton of interest. Um, but while I was like, kind of had that probably two or three week period off and not actually on a team and learning and studying, um, I feel like I had some time to reflect and I love, I love my boy, um, Patrick. <laughs> um, I was Patrick's back Mahomes back up in college and I had to work my ass off to just keep up with him <laughs> in the slightest degree because he's so phenomenal at what he does. Um, that I think I just burnt myself out, mm-hmm. you know, cause I had to work so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whenever I had that little, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's decent. <laughs> 
if I'm going to lose my my job to one person, I'm, I'm happy that it's 15. Um, but since I had to work so hard to try to keep up with him in, in college, um, whenever I had like that two or three week period to kind of reflect whenever I wasn't on a team, I realized that I, I was just like not really into it anymore mentally. Um, and then at that level, at the highest level in anything, but especially at the quarterback position, like there's literally 50 million people in America that would want to play quarterback in the national football league. Yeah, You know what I mean? So if I'm not locked in mentally and waking up at four o'clock every morning, like, yo, how the, how can we get better today? Yeah. How can I get better? How can, how much film do I need to watch? It was like more detrimental to your mental health. Yeah, exactly. So I started to be like, I I just don't even want to do this. I want to lift weights and I want to train to be fast. And I want to do, I want to do the physical side of things, Mm -hmm. but I hate going to practice. I hate watching film. I hate doing all the other (laughs) shit. So I knew that I was just going to get weeded out eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I I called one of my really close friends who had went through a similar situation. um, And he had told me like, what do you want to do if you were to be done right now? Like right this second, what would you do? And I said, I would be a strength and conditioning coach or a performance coach for guys in the NFL because I want to stay around it. And I want to stay like around the competition at the highest level. I just don't personally, me, I don't want to go through this shit anymore. I want to put guys through it and help them get to where they want to be and help that 1%. Well, you have such a different perspective to be able to help versus some other strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, for sure. Because I was there. Um, But yeah, I want to help the 1%, like the best athletes in the world, get just a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was like, all right, well, if I was you, you sound like you got a a good plan. I would just send it and and go for it. Mm -hmm. Because what he did was he went and played in Canada. He went and played in Spain. He like had a couple shoulder surgeries, blew through his money because he wasn't happy mentally. So he was going to the club every weekend um, and just like injury after injury you know what I mean? Going through this just never ending cycle. Cause he had no idea what he wanted to do. Do you feel like there was a moment where he wanted where to you... be a coach or like going finance or like, he was just like, I don't fucking know. All I know is ball. So I'm gonna just keep playing football yeah. however I can. Yeah. And so many people are like that, but he was like, you know exactly what you want to do. Send it and go for it. So I just sent it and went for it. How do you feel? Like, do you think that, do you feel that, there was a specific moment that you really knew because, you know, you're talking about your friend who like clearly had, I don't want to say he didn't have awareness, but he had other, like, he had a different agenda where he was just, okay, I'm going to party and, da, 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 yeah. and distract himself where I feel like it's amazing that you were able to think, okay, this is not making me happy. Like not yeah. people have that awareness. Well, even whenever I was still playing, like I remember whenever I was with the chargers and mm-hmm. I was going to practice every day and doing this and doing that. Even like I would wake up at five in the morning and the starting quarterback, Philip Rivers, he would get there at like 530 or so. Mm. And I would try to make sure that I was there before him because I wanted to do everything that he was because he was like an 18 year veteran. Yeah. And I'm like, I just got to do what he does. Do it here. So I just started following him around. And then even while I was doing all that, I was still just like. Yeah, you were very aware. I'm just following this fucking guy around because that's what I I know I need to do. Mm -hmm. But I know I'm. I don't want to do this. Like I would rather. So I feel like you've always been really good with your as, gut. Yeah. I'm, I'm always happy as soon as practice finishes Yeah, yeah. and I'm in the locker room and I'm like, bet I just got to shower and get the, get up <laughs> out of here and I can go to the house and it's just me. I'm chilling. Yeah. <sighs> this is my happy place. Whereas a, like you got to love what you do, yeah. especially if you're playing sports at the highest level. Like I got to be eager to go to practice. I got to be eager to get better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I just lost that. So I was like, yeah, like I said, before I like ruin my reputation and I start to get a high head or I get like triggered really quickly if something pisses me off and I like say something that I shouldn't say, you know what I mean? Cause I'm on edge all the time. I was like, let me just consult some of the people that I trust and that are very near and dear to me. Um, and then I'll make a decision and, and kind of go from there. So, yeah. yeah, I went for it. I feel like that was a lot of your gut feeling. You oh, know, your wait. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then I was in Los Angeles solo, mm-hmm. like by myself. I just mm-hmm. told you I graduated with 50 kids. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up 
with just like we had a gas station in my town. Yeah, you didn't even have a stoplight. Didn't even have a stoplight. It's just a highway Wait, and a gas a stop, station. There's a blinking stoplight now blinking, when we visited. Yeah, thank for the school ago. to make sure you don't like go too fast <laughs> in the school zone. Um, but yeah, so then like six years later, I go from that to five or six years later. I'm just yeah. in Los Angeles, just like yeah, figure it out. And, and I love to hear that. You know, obviously, I don't love to hear that you weren't happy going to practice or getting better. But I, but I, knowing you and spending day after day with you, I know that now you love to get better for your clients. You love to yeah. get more educated. You love to continue to learn and you know study and yeah. figure out how you can get better for clients. And you're really passionate about that. Yeah. You know, it's just a complete different thing. Yeah. Um, how do you feel like your training philosophy has shifted from? you know, being in the NFL and then starting mm -hmm. to work with NFL clients. I mean, obviously you couldn't just work straight out the gate with NFL people. You were a strength and conditioning coach. So you yeah. had like different kind of clients. Yeah. You know, how do you feel like your training philosophy shifted? Do you feel like you became more empathetic to different types of people? And yeah. Um, yeah, I think as soon as I, so as soon as I made that decision to be done and I talked to, to my buddy or whatever, and he was like, just go with your gut. Um, I called my agent. Um, and the, like, I feel like the biggest, the biggest issue that I had with being done playing ball was the fact that I was like the only person that made it out of my school, especially all the way to the NFL, but just to play sports at that high of a level. Um, Nick's a big deal in his hometown. So I would like, <laughs> I would like all the time go back and like speak yeah. to the, everybody in the elementary and yeah. do this and do that. So I felt like whenever I was done playing ball and people found out, it'd be like, like that was our, we looked up to him. He yeah. was the person that made it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, you felt like you were, so I felt like I let yeah. so many people down. Um, people are so proud of you still. So they, they yes. are, but then I think it's because I was like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let them down. Like I'm still going to work with people at this high of a level. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm still going to do something that's very impactful, but it's just not going to be me. That's the one doing it. Um, so as soon as I made that decision, I went all in on just being a performance coach or whatever. And I didn't, I graduated with a business degree from Texas Tech. I didn't have any uh, A&P classes or any like background on the body or anything. Um, just being around high level, like training environments, obviously, from the different facilities that I trained at, but not necessarily as a student, you know, so. Um, I knew I needed to, to learn from someone, to work from someone, work for someone. So, um, a guy that I worked out with whenever I was still an athlete in Los Angeles, um, I reached out to him and he had a position open. Um, and I worked for him for a couple months and it didn't, it didn't work out for either party. So we went our separate ways after those couple months. Um, and then I, I, I mean, I learned a lot at that point. But I feel like everything that you said, what, how has my philosophy changed? I feel like everything that I was trying to do at that point was incredibly complicated. And I just wanted to do shit that was cool mm -hmm. and look cool. Yeah. And like, you know what I mean? Uh, moving in, in very unique ways. Um, it's funny you say that because that is the majority of fitness influencers. But I think that yeah. was just, it just, it was just being a young, young coach. A young coach. Yeah. Exactly. I was just a young coach. And I was like, Hey, I want to make it, uh, uh, statement i guess or i want to make an impact like i want people to know who i am so i'm going to do this cool move over yeah. here um and like everything that i did was like trying to be cool mm -hmm. you know for the first probably six months or a year that I was, finding a new, I was just finding a new version yeah. of yourself and then fast forward to five or six years later now at this point that i am today i'm like I still definitely get funky. Like if you watch my Instagram, I, I have some pretty you're unique You're going to movements. make sure that somebody has the foundation before they can move like that. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's even with, if I'm working with the highest level, like one of my clients, I feel like personally, he's a top five athlete on the planet, just all around. And we, like, I get very creative with him, mm -hmm. but like whenever you pull back and look at it from a bird's eye view, like the meat and potatoes are the meat and potatoes. It's mm -hmm. like a rear foot elevated split squat. It's yeah. a bench press. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you it's know what I mean? The, the basic shit yeah. is, is what's, you know, getting us and keeping us at this highest level. Of course, I want to throw some unique stuff at you and like make you adapt and make you, um, become like incredibly aware of your body 
in space. But like whenever it boils down to it, like, yo, just give me a trap bar. Right. And I'll fucking be good. Right. And give me a trap bar and some medicine balls and I'll be good to go. Yeah. I can slam shit. I can like do farmer's carries, deadlift, like all of the very basic, basic movements. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it's how you, you really make like lasting change. Yeah. And I'm not training the highest athletes or the highest level athletes out there. And, you know, a lot of our training philosophies are very similar. And I think that's really important to note because it, people think that, you know, if just because you're an athlete, you're going to be doing like the crazy stuff, which obviously there are some things that (laughs) the people that I'm going to be training are going to be doing. But when it comes down to it, it is just basic strength and, you know, incorporating eccentrics, isometrics, all of the basic things that are going to get someone stronger because that is the foundation of it. You know, I mean, I've feel like I've always been the, I always call myself the feel good trainer. Like I want my clients to feel good. And, you know, I always advocate for strength training, but I also want the everyday person to just do something that they enjoy. Yeah. You know, I think that's important. I think that goes the same with high level athletes. Like they work with you because they love working with you and your personality, the way you work with them, how you incorporate the basic strength with some of the funky stuff. Yeah. And I think that's really important because, you know, people are always trying to do the thing that they see on Instagram that is the clickbait that says the thing that's going to make you burn the most fat or whatever. But it really is about maintaining the basic things. That you can and do tweaking the basics. Yes. Like where can... I'm holding the weight, which <clears throat> yes. angle my foot is at. What but like doing the same stuff, just minor like minor rather, I guess, small minor tweaks. Yeah. And yeah, I think that that's that's really important because I think that everyone's trying to do like I I I love <coughs> getting those questions. What's the best workout for belly fat or this and that, yeah. you know? And it's really just consistency. Consistency yeah. and, and diet. Yeah, yeah, and moving more and that's the same for a high-level athlete and yeah. the everyday person. Like yeah. I have clients that, you know, I still train them just body weight because it's something that is challenging for them. Yeah. You know? And obviously I have to get like, not that everything is the same. Yeah. But, like, I got to get incredibly detailed and incre- incredibly well, you, intricate. You do a lot more um, data. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I, yeah, I get very specific on yeah. everything that I do. Of course. Um, With rep count and, you know, duration and, you know, how long this workout is on Monday is going to affect how long we work out on Tuesday mm-hmm. and then for the rest of the week. Um, Or, I guess, the volume and stuff. But, um. Yeah, I have to get inc- incredibly detailed with that population, with that 1%. Um, but again, it's it's just, let me take this movement and tweak it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then let me take this movement and tweak it just a touch. Mm-hmm. Um, so then after you hit 12 weeks, like I moved some really heavy shit and I moved some stuff that's really light, really fast. You know what I mean? And yeah. I sprinted and I jumped and I carried stuff. It's like, yeah, how I accomplish those traits, those eight or 10 qualities is, can be entirely up to you, Yeah, but we need to move fast. We need to move heavy. Um, you know, and we need to, we need to be able to do it for a long time. Let's kind of shift to add on to that. Like that's how technology really has shifted our careers in a way too, like, and helped it, you know, obviously there are online platforms and that's how, if you have been following me for a long time, you might Mm -hmm. know who I am because of Nike training club or Apple fitness plus, and I'm able to connect with people in that way. And, you know, I, I train clients via FaceTime. So do you, but then there's also the technology that you're using to get really, really intricate with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like the velocity based stuff. Mm -hmm. So just Saying, hey, I want you to do a deadlift. I'm just going to see how fast the bar is moving. So explain that to um, someone that doesn't know what that means. Yeah. Okay. So velocity-based training is um, essentially just a way to achieve a little higher output because you're kind of competing with yourself. Um, so I'll just put like a little band on the bar um, and it has just a little sensor inside the band. And like I said, you can be doing back squat or bench press or whatever. I'll just make sure that I program it to that exercise. Um, and then you just do your normal reps, but on the concentric phase of the movement. So like if I'm doing a squat, whenever I stand up out of the hole in my squat, 
I'm trying to stand up as fast as I possibly can to make the bar move as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, so then how I program for that would be, all right, we're going to move, you know, between 0.6 and 0.7 meters a second today. This should be about X percent of your max weight that you're using. Um, so I'm going to just let you keep going up in weight as long as you're hitting that 0.6 to 0.7 meters per second. Mm -hmm. Like you might be tired as fuck today because you didn't sleep. Um, and that weight might be 225 pounds, but you'll probably or note you, that in someone's program. For, right? I would totally yep. write a note of that. Like, Hey, 0.6 meters a second today was 225 pounds. And then we might come back, say 10 days later and hit the same workout. Um, and I'm going to say 0.6 to 0.7 meters a second, but then you got three or four incredible days of sleep in a row. You started locking in your nutrition, you're hydrated. Yeah. Now you're moving 275 pounds. That's where pounds. all that data is so important. Like yeah. people, I feel like translate the the scale, you know, yeah. it's something as simple as a scale. They see yeah. like, okay, this is the number on there, but yeah. they didn't take account everything, everything. else that's leading up to yeah. those moments, yeah. you know, like with tracking our sleep and whatever it is that we're doing, like, that's why all of that data is so important. Not so just important. the number data, yeah. but like how you ate yeah. the night before, you yeah. know, what your settings were when you were sleeping, yeah. all those things. Yeah, for sure. So I feel like the technology there is just so important. And like, you know, in a way, technology can also be detrimental because yeah. people can become obsessed with it. Yeah, for um, sure. I was just reading Indistractable and he was talking about a woman who made a speech, a, a whole TED talk about how she became obsessed with her step tracker. Okay. And it just, it was actually like really bad for her. Yeah. And it was actually the beginning of the end for her because oh, she'd no. be like, she'd like wake up at, or she'd be like winding down for bed and it was like 10 PM. And, oh, and she'd be like, oh, shit, oh I yeah, still need 2000 It told steps. her that she got like a bonus or whatever for doing steps. Mm. So it's just interesting how technology can actually be pretty detrimental. Yeah, yeah, for way. sure. You can't let it consume you. Yes, um, yes. I've, I mean, I've had a handful of clients that. Uh, I try to get like a whoop or aura yeah. or something for and like some, some type of like, sleep tracking device. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've done this in the past where I just had to contact the company directly and say, Hey, I'm working with this, this person. Uh, yeah, this person, I need to see their portal. Like I got to see their information because they literally don't want to look at it Yeah, because sometimes they wake up and it's red and they think that they're yeah like ready to rock and roll and they're good to go. And then sometimes they wake up and it's green and they, they feel like shit. So they just like kind of lost a little trust in the system. Yeah. Um, which I get. Yeah. I mean, I get for sure. Um, and I understand waking up and it says I felt bad, but fuck, I really want to rip this workout. And you feel or good. Or vice versa. <laughs> like I feel like shit, but my whoop says that I should, Yeah. you know, or my aura says that I should hit a tough workout today, but I'm just not really feeling it. So I understand how people can get in their heads about that. Certainly. Um, but I think you just got to, you got to take it for what it is. I feel like one thing that helped us was not checking it until like one or 2 PM. And then we're like, oh yeah. Like you already have a sense of your day. Yes. Like, okay, I'm feeling good today or I'm not feeling good today. So then whenever you check it, it has a little less impact. Mm -hmm. Like if you check it first thing and you see that damn 20% recovery. Yeah. You're going to be like, you're brushing your teeth and you're just like, oh, I feel fuck, like, I feel like You've shit. got the psychological, <laughs> yeah. 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 So then the rest of your day is kind of like, bah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just going to watch TV today. My whoop <laughs> said that I got 10% Rica. It's uh, good. It just, it just shows that, you know, sometimes that data, you know, it's, it's helpful. You're going to take it for what it is. Exactly. And same with the scale. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to step on the scale. Like I might be 205 today. I might be 203 tomorrow. I might be 206 the next day, mm -hmm. but that could be based on what I ate, when I ate, how much water I drank, like what my activity, like there's so many things that like, you just got to take it for what it is. You yeah. know, you can't, you can't get wrapped up in it and let it be your downfall. Use it for what it is. Um, don't try to do too much. Like, cause, cause then another way that you can go down a rabbit hole would be, um, like the force decks. Yeah. And then like, I'm jumping on force decks and it's telling me like, how much pressure I'm putting into left foot versus right foot. And I could, I could have 10 people on staff that literally just looked at the data from the sport, the force decks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it spits so much information yeah. at you. So I had to, and I got wrapped up in it whenever I first got the technology, but I had to pull back and say, okay, this is, 
the one or two numbers that I need from this device. So I'm going to have this yeah. guy jump. And then I'm looking at these two things and I don't care that it just told me a million numbers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I want to come back and look later, I can, but. And that's why looking at, at everything holistically is so important because yeah. you don't Everything know. is intertwined and like. And like, who yeah. knows when they were jumping, they probably just got off a plane, you know, and we're yeah. sitting on one side for, you know, yeah, while and they probably just need to be, you yep. know, massaged on that one side or yeah, loosened yeah, up. Whatever. You just never yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, it, you know, you just have to take it for what it is. Yep. Um, the last, can't live and die by it for sure, but just use it for what it is. Right. Yeah. Um, well, the last thing I wanted to quickly touch on is how our training philosophies have evolved since being coming parents. Um, I feel like you, for the most part, are still getting your pretty intense uh, workouts in. Yeah. Me, on the other hand, especially being pregnant and having a an, an year and a half year old, I've definitely more going towards the 20 to 30 minute workouts. Yeah. <laughs> and I celebrate yeah. that. I do that. I do that as well. You do. Yeah, yeah you sure. do. Um, I think I try, I try to get in a, in a perfect scenario. Um, well, I guess in a perfect scenario, Aluna plays and uh, like just occupies herself and she's good to go for like an hour. <laughs> but that <laughs> usually doesn't rare. happen. Especially because our gym, like we open up our, we open up our garage. Yep, and she's, and she's just, just all over the place. Yeah. And so you do a lot stop. of dynamic movements. Yep. And so the dogs get all riled up yep. and like, then yep. you want to make sure they don't knock her over. So yeah. It's, yeah usually... So in a perfect world, she's in the gym with me and she's watching me work out for an hour, but it's entirely uninterrupted. <laughs> but that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't happen usually. So, um, what I like to do, do typically is do like the first 30, 20, 30 minutes of my workout while she's not out there. Yeah. And I can just lock in real quick and get my, the, the meat and potatoes of my lift, like deadlifts or whatever, like my primary. Boom. I'm going to focus on that <clears throat> while she's not here. And then the last 20 or 30 minutes, I know I've gotten enough for the day. Yeah. F- for the first 20 or 30 minute block. So I'm good if I don't really get the best of work in. Yeah the the back half of the workout but i want her to see me moving i want her to be out there i want her to like be in that environment yeah um so i still try to do like 30 hours or excuse me 30 minutes at at the beginning uninterrupted and then 30 minutes with her yeah um knowing that that 30 minutes with her could be two sets of (laughs) a couple exercises or i could like go uninterrupted for another 30 minutes and i could rip another like just a full complete workout, yeah. you know what I mean? But I don't get too wrapped up if, if I'm like in the middle of something and she needs me. Yeah. I'm not like, you know, dang, I just want to finish my workout. Right, right. Like, babe, can you watch her real quick? Like, I just want to <laughs> finish. If she interrupts me during the back half, I'm like, all You're right, okay. let's, I'm, yeah, I'm cool with I it. feel like that's kind of how I was prior to being pregnant the second time. Like I was, you know, I kind of wanted my, my time by myself for mm-hmm. 20 to 30 minutes. And then like towards the end when I was just kind of doing conditioning or whatever, I didn't care if she was, yeah. you know, doing you, whatever. We want her to see us. like being Yeah, healthy, we want her to active. see us Yeah, working out. But now even just because I'm not going as crazy heavy, because, you know, a lot of it too is when I'm lifting really heavy, I don't want her like to run underneath it or whatever, yeah. or me hurt myself because she's about to go do something. And I'm like putting a weight down really fast yep. because I'm, you know, doing whatever. So. Yep. But now it's been so easy where I can just grab like a, a set of 10 to 20 pounds and bring it into the living room and she's doing whatever. And I could just yeah. get a quick 10 to 15 minute workout in. Yeah. And, and that's all, I mean, yeah. especially at this point, at this point like pregnancy, something weeks. And we created our community lineup with us, really think, having all of that in mind, yeah. you know, um, Lineup with us is our online platform where we have programs and workouts that are lead and follow. Um, And then like whiteboard workouts that have like workouts that are 15 to 20 minutes. And they're all really well thought out. And we kept that ideal, that our ideal client was like, okay, people like us who are really busy, whether you're parents or like you just don't have a ton of time or your Mm. schedule is so sporadic, Mm -hmm. but you still have really well thought out workouts yeah so we have those whiteboards or we mm-hmm. have our programs if you want to yeah. follow something more structured yeah yeah and you're able to spend a little more time in the gym yeah like, so we have like 50 to 60 minute um sessions yeah. or we have like the like you said it could be just like 15 minute lower body workout yep you know or 30 minute conditioning and and core or something you know what i mean there's there's little pieces for what you feel like you need for the day 
Yep. Um, and I don't know. I feel like there's what twenty or thirty up there. Forty for the, which ones? The whiteboard. How many oh, whiteboards? Yeah, we almost have like almost fifty at this. Almost point. fifty at this point, yeah, and, and then we just, just keep adding them. <laughs> yeah, we just keep adding them. Um, Six different programs, and what's also great is we have our anywhere programs and workouts so that anywhere are ones that you can literally do anywhere literally do anywhere you you just need need the set of bands bands which we obviously have on the website and once you sign up and stuff so um or we have the full gym program yeah so we have a little bit of everything for everybody because exactly honestly that's how our training is like we are very you know, Nick's in a hotel. Yes. Like, yes. We're traveling. Like, we just want to be able to move daily. Move. And, you know, sometimes we can't stick to a program. We'd yeah. like to, but, you know, being parents and then having a, a busy lifestyle, yeah. it's good to just get something in at, at times. So yeah, for sure. But yeah. So I feel like that's a lot about our journey. And I don't know. I mean, we've had two completely different stories, but in the end, it's kind of cool to know that like the philosophies are very, very similar. You know, we just want to feel good. We just want to move and yep. live a long time. Yeah. Um, what was that quote? The live fast, die young is only good if you die young. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep, keep doing what you can to feel good every single day. And when it really comes down to it, it no matter where you started, Hey, you just got to take care of yourself. Keep chipping away. You know, I didn't, I was drinking and partying every single weekend when I was yep. 20, but look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> healthy, 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 but still eating toaster strudels every once in a while. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll talk a little bit more. Um, we did get some questions from listeners, but we are running a little bit out of time. So um, we'll talk about those in future episodes, but don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast apps and email us with any questions you want us to address in the future at contact at beyondtheroutinepodcast.com. And also, if you're interested in signing up uh, for lineup with us, we'll add a little code that we'll put in the show notes for you to use to get a little discount for listening. There we go. Woohoo! Yeah, keep working. (laughs) Keep working. See you next time. (laughs) Peace. Bye. Just real quick, we'd like to remind you that while we are fitness and wellness professionals, we are not doctors or prescribing any medical advice. We do advise that before you change any of your habits or routines, you always should check with your healthcare provider.